Welcome to the porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics, examining the Word of God, following the example of the Book of Acts Church, seeing how they serve the Lord, and digging deeper into Scripture where we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still falls. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or write us directly at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support what we do, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Go to the main page. There are ways to do that. We appreciate each and every one of you that do. Just simply pray and give as the Lord leads. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. You are appreciated and prayed for. Remember, if you need prayer or you want prayer for others, you have praise reports, prayer requests, whatever it is, you let us know, and we will share it with the porch community. If you have a need, contact us. If we can help, we will. We are a community of believers all over the world that come together here and right now on Facebook, and, and uh, in the future, hopefully we can create a community page somewhere that someone else watches over because... I don't need another responsibility. Anyway, um, I am thankful just to be here last week. We posted a repeat of a Bible study the Lord led me to that actually is inspiring me to pick up that topic again, the crosswinds of deception. But we need to finish the root of bitterness, so that's what we're going to do. But I want to praise the Lord. He got my wife and my family through um, the storm. When you walk, no, I won't do that. Um, Got us through the storm, got us through the winds and the rains and all the things that went with it. We suffered a little damage, but nothing like the people in southwest Florida. Some people are still dealing with flooding. Please, please, if you can support and help those people, do. But pray for them. Devastation, unlike anything we've ever seen. We've been through, my wife and I have been through eight hurricanes together. And um, first of all, I wouldn't want any other hurricane partner than her. It's always, always good to go through with somebody. Um, But there are a lot of people, a lot of hurting people. It's really been on my mind. I posted some things I've written on Instagram and and Facebook. So so don't forget them. Don't forget them. Joe in Rhode Island, please pray for Joe and his family. They're dealing with a serious family illness, so cover cover them in your prayers. Father, we thank you. Oh, boy, do we thank you. First of all, we thank you for our home still being here, the studio still being here. We're still here. And uh, your grace and your love is amazing. We offer up to you our brothers and sisters, your children, that are learning to walk by faith with little, if anything, left in their lives but you. 
So we pray for them. We offer them up to you in prayer, favor, healing, deliverance, everything they need. Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, we love you so much. We know that we are in a fallen world and the time will come when Yeshua will come back and fix all things. But until then, we we trust you. We believe in you. We thank you. We boldly approach that throne of grace and mercy, crying out as little children, Abba, Papa, Daddy. We thank you for Yeshua, for sending him to do what we would never be able to do, to pay a debt that was insurmountable with his blood, washed us clean, set us free. Lord, it always makes me emotional, even after all these years, to think about the price you paid for me, for us. Thank you. Thank you for the love. Thank you for restoring us in right relationship to our Abba Father. Thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to guide us, to teach us, never abandoning us. No matter what we think, no matter what the enemy says, we have never been abandoned. We will never be abandoned, and we are not alone. So for those out there that feel that way, I pray that you would break through the darkness, break through the cloud, Shine your glory upon them and let them know that you are still with them. So we pray. We pray for this technology. We pray for our hearts and minds to be clear to receive. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us and heal us and deliver us. And we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Yeshua's name, amen. These lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So hopefully your Bibles are open, tangible, physical Bibles, because if you went through the storm last week and you lost power, which we didn't, by the way, another praise report, but if you lost power and you were relying on your iPad, your tablet, your phone to get to your Bible app, then you were running the risk of not having access to the Word. So have a tangible Bible that you can highlight and take notes and hold in your hand. Yes, it's just leather and paper, but it gives you a sense of hope. It gives you something to focus on. It gives you something to read and to feel His presence with. It's an inspiration. It's an instigator. It's not the power, but it gives you the ability to have access to the Word of God. So open them up. Let's get ready. For weeks now, we've been focusing on behaving like a believer in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And while so simple and so basic, I see so many that don't have a clue what that means. If we say we know him, 
we should look like it and show it. We should live a life that lets others know that we belong to him, that we have relationship with Yeshua. Now, everything flows from that relationship. If it's a weak relationship, then it will affect you. If it's a strong relationship, it benefits you. His spirit flows through you as much as of him you want you can have. But I will say this. It's all about him. I was up early, which is a common thing these days. I was up at 4 a.m. So I got up, came in here to pray, to seek him. And I posted something on social media about being a part of Team No Sleep. If you'd like to join Team No Sleep, uh, we have T-shirts and we have caps and we have our own coffee. Um, but I mentioned the reason for not sleeping. Lots of reasons. Side effects of of medications. Which, by the way, if you if you look at every medication, the side effect is insomnia. Which basically means we want to keep you alive, but you're never going to sleep. But a lot of the reasons we don't sleep is because our minds won't shut off. Because we keep asking the question, why? Why this? Why that? Why did this happen? Why is this happening? Why didn't that happen? We keep asking why when we should be asking who. Who? That's where our focus should be, who? On him. So it's all about him. Everything in my life is about him. It flows through him. It flows from him. I am, I don't want to use the word obsessed, but I am sold out to Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, King of kings, Lord of lords. And that love is the foundation on which we build this temple, love for him, love from him, and his love for others. So that love, that agape love, that that phileo love, that love that he's given us is the key. You know, storm damages from the winds, they wreak havoc on our life. We know that. We feel it. We've seen it. Takes down a fence, some trees, whatever. But you know, the trees that were deeply rooted, they didn't go down. We need to be deeply rooted. We need to be grounded in his love to withstand the storms of life. Go with me to Ephesians 3, verse starting with verse 14. For this reason, grasping the greatness of the plan by which Jews and Gentiles are joined together in Messiah, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, Adonai, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, God, the first and ultimate Father, may he grant you, out of the riches of his glory, to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power, with dunamis, through his spirit, the Rakh HaKodesh, in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love. In verse 15, the word family in the Greek is patria, and it's derived from the word pater, which is the word for father. So the concept of family originates with God as our Abba, Father. 
He is our Father. We are a part of one family. And to understand that seems so simple, but for many it's so difficult, partially because we've had such awful earthly fathers. And we measure him, God, Abba, by what we know of our earthly fathers, when that should not be the case. And it is very natural. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm simply saying that in truth we should judge them by him. Matthew 6, starting verse 5, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, the pretenders, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Pray to Abba. And your Abba, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Abba knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father, our Abba in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But then you see the Lord caps it all off with this closing declaration, this closing statement. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness is required of us. It is not an option. It's not negotiable. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. To remit, forgive, completely canceled. You know, we just finished the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, which for us is through Yeshua. He paid the price. So the Day of Atonement, at one with God through the cross, Yeshua did that. Our sins have been canceled. But we live a life based upon that, which means we must cancel the sins of others. But if you forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father forgive you. Human forgiveness is equated with equivalent to divine forgiveness. He forgave, therefore so must we. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Messiah forgave you. Colossians 3.13, bearing 
with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Messiah forgave you, so you also must do. Now, when we don't forgive, we enter into Satan's sphere of influence and we become bitter. He's bitter. He's bitter about being rejected. He's bitter about being kicked out of the throne room and of heaven. He's bitter about everything that's ever happened to him, and he wants to project that bitterness upon us to get us away from God. Bitterness keeps us from forgiving. It's this vicious cycle of destruction. And I know this resonates with some of you because a couple of you have written to me, but I know that this is a topic, forgiving, letting go, that in the over three decades of ministry, I have found almost all marital breakups over sickness, cancer, all of it comes back to some form of unforgiveness, having taken root into somebody's life and destroying them. We are called to be examples to the world. Well, we can't be an example to the world if we're going to be like the world. Hebrews 12, starting verse 14, continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no one will ever see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of God's grace, that no root of resentment springs up and causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. Bitterness is resentment. And to become defiled means we become corrupted, we become contaminated, we become tarnished. Instead of being the glowing gold creation of God, we are tarnished. We are marked, corrupted. We don't glow like we should. What's the answer? I gave you this two weeks ago. We know that if this root of bitterness is a weed, we must kill it at the root. If you've ever dealt with weeds, if you don't get the root, and I mean every piece of it, those things come back. You think you've got it. You've dug it up. You've used every contraption that you can buy online to turn the dirt, to get all the things and make it look clean. You sift it out. You pull out all those little white pieces. And then sure enough, they grow back. That happens with us. And the remedy, the remedy, the root killer is to forgive Forgiveness is not easy. Oh boy, is it not easy. If you've been raised like I was in a New York Italian family, forgiveness, poof, you never forgive. You never forget. You hold on to grudges forever. Somebody ever slighted you, you'll get your chance. My grandmother, little four foot eleven Italian woman who spoke English but didn't make it through even elementary school. She had lots of sayings, 
but one of which was, if you did her wrong, yours today, mine tomorrow. That's not who we can be. It's not natural for the human heart to forgive. It takes a willing heart. It takes a redeemed heart. Oh, we don't want to forgive. We want recompense. We want payback. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know what they said about me? Do you know it doesn't matter if I know? It doesn't matter what they did. What it matters is you've been forgiven. You have to forgive. Nope. I want them to feel what I felt. That's that's not the way. When wronged, we want punishment. The Lord wants forgiveness. Peter came up to the Lord in Matthew 18. And he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? I'm sure Peter thought, this is a good one. I got him here seven times. That's seven, forgiving him seven times. Maybe they had a collection. Maybe they sat around the fire and said, what do you think? How many times is a good time? Seven's a good number. It's a perfect number. Ah, I'll ask him that one. And then Yeshua said to them, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And to explain his statement, he told the parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But then that servant went out, and he found one of his fellow servants who owned him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him, and he took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told the master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had been called to him, said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you also not have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father will also do to you, if each of you from his heart do not forgive his brother his trespasses. I'm sure Peter offered seven times. And you know what? That seven times offer wasn't bad. It just wasn't good enough. Our willingness to forgive should be like God's forgiving grace, limitless and free. 
And those who do not forgive in this way cannot themselves have experienced God's forgiveness. See, that master went to settle accounts, and the servant owed him 10,000 talents, which was an unpayable debt, millions of dollars in today's money. But he wasn't able to pay. And he begged him because he was about to be sold, him and his wife, his children, everything, to pay a debt. And it was never going to be enough, but it was done. His debt was unpayable, but he asked for mercy. And he got mercy and compassion and was forgiven and released from his debt. That's the Lord. That's the Father, what he has done with us for our sins. What he has done for us with everything that we did against him. That book, that ledger book with our debts and mine were massive. Just got wiped out. The blood covered it up. But if you're like that servant and you go to somebody else who only owes you a few thousand dollars, you've been forgiven millions of dollars. This guy only owes you a few thousand dollars, but it doesn't matter. You're unwilling to forgive. You want your money. You want your pound of flesh. You want what you want to make you feel better. We can't do that. And I wish I could tell you it's been easy for me. It hasn't. Even as a a born-again believer, I have struggled with that aspect. I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but then again, I've been at this for a while. Hopefully, I can help you if you're dealing with this, if I'm touching on tender areas to get you to let go. See, we've been forgiven so much more. But just like that servant, we don't want to, we don't want to offer grace. I've always lived by the statement: "He who's been forgiven much loves much." That's from the story in Luke seven about the woman who anointed the Lord's feet, and his forgiveness prompted her love for him, and she wept and kissed his feet, and anointed it with expensive oil and then wiped it with her hair and the Pharisees didn't like it and he spoke to them about forgiveness. Why is it so difficult for us to do the same? Why are we like the Pharisees who don't want to forgive? Oh, do you see what she's done? Do you know who she is? Martin Luther King Jr. said, Hatred and bitterness can never cure the disease of fear. Because, by the way, all of this is fear-based. Only love can do that. Hatred paralyzes life. Love harmonizes it. Hatred darkens life. Love illuminates it. Love, divine, agape love. But here's what we do, or at least some of us. We hold those debts in our heart. We think, well, I'll I'll just put them away. I'll just lock them up in the safe over here, spin the dial, close the door. Now I won't have to deal with it. But somehow they, they grow. 
we we open up the door. Hey, remember when so and so did that to me? We tend to them. We water them with our anger, and they grow and they take up more space. Soon, sooner or later, they get out of that vault. And they smother and they harden our heart because we allow them to. I don't know where it came from. We call it the vine from outer space. We have this vine that no matter what you do, it grows. And how it grows, first of all, it can grow really thick. But instead of being one long strand from a single bulb, it has multiple sources of life along the vine. So you can pull 10, 20 feet of this up out of the ground, but if you miss one little bulb, it grows back. And I think it has a life of its own because if you clear it out and you cut it and you take it away, in two weeks it's twice as much as it was before. And they grow and they take over an area and they cover these trees. And even though the tree is green... And looks like it's alive. This vine is killing it. Killing what looks to be healthy trees. And eventually that tree just falls over. Pieces of it break off. It smothers that tree. Well, guess what? The root of bitterness smothers and hardens our heart to the point that we fall. And it happens because we allow it to happen. As I shared with you two weeks ago, I'm speaking from experience. It's October 5th, and four days will be October 9th. Hey, isn't that amazing? I went to college, and I can do that. I can add numbers and look at a calendar and tell you that in four days it'll be October 9th. But you see, that's a special day for me. When you, when you adopt a dog, they call it the gotcha day. Well, that's my gotcha day. That's the day I was given the spirit of adoption. October 9th, 1988. It'll be 34 years. Forgiven for leaving my family, for walking out on my wife, walking out on my son, walking out on the son that was about to be born, turning my back on my responsibilities, forgetting who I was, even just... I wasn't born again, but I was i was somebody that was a person of integrity. I was somebody that wanted to be a father. I wanted a family. But I was broken, unredeemed, selfish. And I was doing to my family and to my son, Jesse, what had been done to me. As I shared with you, my father, not the one whose name I carry, but the one who helped bring me into this world, was married to my mother at that time. He walked out. Never looked back. I was six or seven. I know I was either in second grade or the summer between first and second grade. He walked out. He never looked back. Never looked for us. Never came to find my sister and I. Never reached out through a third party. Did nothing to be a father. And I, do, and I don't know why. His own sister, who I told you I've connected with, doesn't know why. And for a long time, I didn't care. 
and see inside the little boy in me cared. Why wasn't I good enough? Why didn't you want to be with me? I know you didn't want to be with my mother, but why did you want to be with me? Being the firstborn son of an Italian man supposed to be something important. I know it was for me, but it wasn't for him. It didn't matter. He left. And the rejection and the pain and the unforgiveness grew and the anger grew. The understanding what he'd been doing, having affairs and sometimes using me to get out of the house. And folks, if you don't think six and seven-year-old kids understand, they're smarter than you think. And then the hatred came because anger and rejection and bitterness leads to hatred and then to violence and then to other things. For me, the new age and the occult and the desire for power so that nobody could ever do that to me again. And the hardness of heart that led me into the occult, led me into those areas of the kingdom of darkness, also led me to destroy my own family. We become what we hate. I heard that expression when I was a child. I've never let go of it because the truth is we become what we hate. I hated my father and I became him. I hated what he had done to me and I did it to my family. The devil is a trickster, a dangerous one, very powerful one, not more powerful than the Lord, don't get me wrong, but... He takes that anger and that resentment and he hardens our hearts. And it took the blood, the blood of the Lamb, shed on a cross for me to soften that heart, to set me free. And salvation on that altar at Christian Heritage Church, October 9th, 1988, 11.40, 11.45 p.m. A.M., I'm sorry, A.M. I remember the moment as if yesterday. Kneeling down. Got to remember, I was a proud Italian. My wife can tell you, I didn't walk, I strutted. Stood tall, shoulders back. If you ever met me, you know they're wide shoulders. And I was full of myself, but the truth was I was broken inside. And that's how I kept you from getting to that brokenness. And I walked down to that altar, and I kneeled there knowing full well I'd become what I hated. I'd thrown away the only thing that I ever wanted was family. And I needed a savior. And he spent all those hours on the cross and he took all the pain and he did everything he did so that I could kneel down, shed some tears, and make him Lord of my life. And he set me free. But guess what? There was still unforgiveness in my heart. There were still areas that I had held back, the desire for punishment, 
against those that harmed me, especially my father. And I had resentment. Even though I'd preached about it, even though I'd been set, at least thought I'd been set free of it in a retreat, as I shared um, two weeks ago, I'd gone through deliverance, I'd gone through all that, it was still in there. That root of bitterness, that little piece of root I was talking about before was still in there. And it took the Lord creating a series of events, reconnecting me with that side of my family, to shake the dirt apart and say to me, see, there's still some left. See, weeds can lie dormant for a very long time. But until we stir the ground up, which is not comfortable, by the way, but until we stir that ground up, one of two things will happen. The weed will either grow, which we don't want, or it'll be pulled, which is what we want. Something will trigger it one way or the other. And we must get to where I was some of you are right now. We need to recognize it and release it. You may even need to say, Lord, I need you to reach in there and pull out that piece of root. I need you to search, Holy Spirit, anything that's left and cause her to wither and die and never come back again. I want to love the way you loved me. I want to care and forgive the way you've forgiven me. Corey Ten Boom if you don't know who she is, he, her and his sister were um, put into a Nazi concentration camp and they survived. She did. She wrote a book in 1985 called Jesus is Victor. And again, if you look her up, there have been movies about her. There's videos of her speaking later on in her life. She said, forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred. It is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. Because that's what bitterness is. It is selfish. I want what I want. I want them to hurt the way I hurt. I want them to feel what I felt. And the struggle in our walk, brothers and sisters, is that we want forgiveness, but there are times we don't want to offer it. We don't want to see them through the Lord's eyes. We don't want to say, Lord, show me them through your eyes. And then you see them as broken. You see them as being unable to do anything but what they did to you. You're not in control of what the other person does. You're only in control of your own choices. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. See, this is not something that is easy for us as believers in Yeshua. This is not something we even know how to do without the help of the Holy Spirit. 
Entire churches are splintered and fractured because of some slight or unforgiveness or some disagreement. The body, his church, is got a multiple personality disorder. It needs deliverance. It needs healing. We can't be this way and serve him. We can't be this way to fulfill the calling in the kingdom of God. We have got to change. Which is what the porch is about. The porch is about bringing us back to a place where we can be what we've been called to be by him, for him, for the kingdom of God, for a time such as this, as we are in right now. You look at what's going on in social media, look at what's going on in politics, you look at what's going on all the way across the board, and you can see the hand of Hasatan and the fallen stirring things up, getting people fighting with one another, taking this country and pushing it on a road to a conflict once again that will pit brother against brother, neighbor against neighbor. You know what it is. I'm not going to use the phrase because they're watching for it on social media. They're scanning all the things. So you know what I'm talking about. It's what President Lincoln had to deal with. We can't be a part of that, by the way. At least I can't. I'm here to build. I'm here to restore. I'm here to further the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of this world. But we need to heal. We need to be about healing. If you're dealing with bitterness in your relationship with your husband, your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, mother, father, if you're dealing with this root of bitterness that I've touched upon, if it's, you can feel it stirred up inside of you. You can feel that area has just been touched. No, I don't want to let go of that. I remember what they did. Sure, I remember. I remember what was done to me. I've had brothers and sisters in the Lord, supposed brothers and sisters in the Lord. I'll, I'll, I'll say that who have been mis- who have mistreated me, taken advantage of me, done bad things to me, stolen from me. Um, Physically, intellectually, whatever. And my first reaction, I'm going to be honest, my first reaction is not a happy one. It's not a good one. But then I've got to stop and I've got to pray and I've got to give it up because the longer I hold on to it, the worse it becomes. And if you remember, if you were listening two weeks ago and I began to, and if you weren't listening, where were you? You can go back and listen. But if you were listening and I began to talk about my brother's sister, which I should call her my aunt. I'm not there yet. But when I began to talk about her, doing it again because this area is still tender. And she said how happy she was to speak to me. I very coldly said, why? Why would you feel that? And I wasn't trying to be rude, but that's how it came out. I was being honest. Why would you Why would you feel that way? 
and she's much older. I think she's in her 80s now and been through a similar thing. Her first husband walked out on her and her son never looked back. And her son carries on the name of the man that she remarried, that she married uh, the second person. And she said, because my long-lost nephew is back. That area still hurts. That wound that was created from the feeling of abandonment that nobody from that side of the family cared enough to look up me and my sister. They just let us go like we meant nothing. And I don't know if that was the case. I didn't broach that topic of why didn't you ever look for us? Why didn't you ever reach out? You know why I haven't? Because I've got to let it go. Because if I don't, that little weed will grow again. What are you holding on to? Right now, October 5th, 2022, what are you holding on to? What slight, what hurt, what word, what rejection are you holding on to? Let it go in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Let it go. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord to reach down with his hand into the hidden recesses of your heart and take it out. Ask him. Because the longer you hold on to it, the more it will destroy you. And eventually that root of bitterness in my opinion, from what I've seen, will become an actual cancer. It will become an actual root of a cell that grows exponentially out of order, takes over a part of you, and then kills you. I believe all sickness and disease is demonic or has some roots in some form of aberration of God's plan and design for us. But this root of bitterness, uh, maybe it's just for me. I could, I could be wrong. This could, all of this could just be for me, that I needed to get this out, that I needed to lay this on the table, that I needed some weed killer, some supernatural blood of the lamb weed killer to make my garden perfect. But if you, if you're like me, if you even have an area of that garden where there are still weeds left, cry out to him right now. Agree with me right now. Because once it's gone, you'll begin to feel the love from him that you've never felt before, but also you'll begin to feel love for others that you've never felt before because you can't serve this pe- the people in this world without being able to love them, without being able to see past their sin, without being able to see past their behavior and their choices, which are based upon what's been done to them or programmed into them by father, mother, grandparents, or whoever, what's been done to them, the sins that have been put upon them, that they've been subjected to, you won't be able to look past it. You won't even be able to look at it. You won't be able to look at them in their brokenness and in the grossness of the sin that has enveloped them and feel love 
for them. And that religious spirit, that Pharisee spirit that is still in the church, that judges people based upon their sin or based upon their look or based upon their behaviors, doesn't allow them to be like Yeshua. That's why so many people have been wounded in church. Well, guess what? That's because they went to a place that saw church as a building, as a denomination, which to me is an abomination. We are the church. We are walking, living, breathing members of his body. We are his example in a fallen world. We are his light in the darkness. We are his salt against what the enemy's doing. We are the oil that heals the wounds and softens the scars so that they can be wiped away. We are the hands that get laid on them and set them free. We are the ones that hug them and show them the love they've never felt before. But you can't do that if you have a root of bitterness. You can't have that relationship with your wife or your husband or that loved one if you're still bitter about something they did to you. So listen to me. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, let it go. Because this world is dying to know what he's done for you. You may wonder, why do I keep talking about the date and the time that I was born again? Why do I keep track of it? Why do I mention it every year? And I mention it a lot, I know, because that's my gotcha day. That's the day the Lord looked down and said to Hasatan and the fallen who had been grooming me since I was born, to serve them for a part of what they were going to do at the end, and says, he's mine. Gotcha. I'm taking him out of that cage. I'm taking him home with me. And he's going to become a part of my family. Just dawned on me why I have such a heart for animals that have been rejected, discarded, forgotten, who just want to be loved and a part of somebody's family. Because it's how I felt. And I had a family. I had a loving mother. I had a a man that she married who became my father. I took his name, but I could never, ever fully embrace him as father because that part of my heart was broken. It was calloused. It was wrapped up in a weed. I did pass his name on to my sons as part of the legacy, but that heart was never fully his. And he understood, I believe, I wish I could have done better in that regard. But if you can learn from me, if we can help one another, if we can walk through this, if you can look at your present spouse, your ex-spouse, or look at your parents, remember what they did to you, but also 
offer them the grace and the forgiveness that the Lord gave you, you'll have that freedom you need, and that root won't grow back. So, Father, I'm going to have to cut this short because you did it again. You dug in there. You felt some things needed to still be stirred up. And I love you for that, that you love us so much that you just won't let it go, that you get your hand on it, you take it out. You deliver us. You set us free. You heal us. You cleanse us. You sanctify us. And you've been doing it since the garden, since the cross. That's what makes you Abba, Papa, Daddy. I'm praying for my brothers and sisters right now. Some I know and some I don't know. I'm praying for them because this root has taken them over. Taken over their heart, taken over their mind, their soul, and their spirit. They're completely wrapped up in it like the trees in my backyard need deliverance. They need the sun. They need to feel the breeze. They need to feel you. So, Lord, blow through them. Blow through their life right now. Shine your glory down upon them. Spotlight that area that they have not given up to you. And let them come into agreement with you. Now, if you pray with me, say, Lord, take it. Take it out of me. Take that resentment. Take that anger. Take that bitterness and heal that area so it won't grow back. We want to serve you, Lord. We want to show the world who you are. We want to live up to what you need us to be in the kingdom in the family business. And we thank you. We thank you. With all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, our strength, our spirit, with all our love, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Tell me, if the Lord has done something for you, it doesn't mean I have to share it. I just like to hear what he does. I love to see what my father does, see what the Lord does. Go to the website, contact us, write us at the porch, firefalltalkradio.com. Get it out. Let it, let the, let's, let's share the Lord thumping the enemy. I don't know about you. I like it when the enemy gets thumped. I'm really looking forward to that final thumping. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, Adonai, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.